There's a small sentence tucked into a small book in scripture. It's just three words, three powerful words. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Paul wrote a powerful sentence in his letter to the church at Colossae, which we now call the book of Colossians. He had been telling the church that he wanted them to experience peace, a peace that comes from Christ and can rule in their hearts. Paul, in another letter, had told the people that he wants them to experience a peace that passes all understanding. Which really, when we look at this a little bit more closely, it's a peace when we don't understand all the things. It's a peace that goes beyond that. We don't need understanding. We don't need to know why in order to experience peace. Have you ever said that? If I only knew why this was happening, if I only understood the why of my suffering, the why of my pain, the why of my loss, the why of this timing, the why of my situation, the why of my whatever, if I had a why, I could have peace. And Paul suggests to the church at Colossae that they can choose to have Christ rule in their hearts, have the peace of Christ rule in their hearts. And I suggest to each of us that we too can have this peace that goes beyond understanding. We can choose peace as we choose trust. We can trust that God has the why figured out. So all we need to do is rest in him. This peace, it's not like the world gives. It's not a peace that's available only when there's a lack of conflict, but it's peace in the midst of feeling conflicted while we wait for God to do his work and we wonder what he's doing. Paul tells the Church of Colossae that he wanted them to experience a peace that is available in the midst of the difficult circumstance. A peace that comes while we wait, not a peace that shows up in hindsight like, oh, it's all fixed now, so I understand, and now I can experience peace. Peace was te- peace. Paul, <laughs> I sometimes call him peace, but generally most people call him Paul. Paul was telling the church at Colossae that this peace is a type of peace that can be lived in. It can be for us as well. Paul wrote in Colossians 3.15 this, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, where's that three-word sentence that was not a three-word sentence? And I'm just going to say right now for a minute, wait for it. Let's go back and read this, though, first. (laughs) Paul wrote in Colossians 3.15, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule take up residence, be the master of, let this peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. What does that mean? What is this peace that comes from Christ? It's a gift. It's a gift sent to us, given to us from Jesus. Before Jesus left this earth, he told his disciples that he would be sending the Holy Spirit to them. John 16 talks about this. I'm reading just verse 7 where Jesus says this, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, 
I will send him to you. God sent Jesus to earth. God and Jesus together, they send the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is sent. And Jesus himself says, it's good that I'm not going to be on earth because if I don't, the counselor is not going to come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. This Holy Spirit, this counselor, as he's called in John 16, he's called all kinds of things, a guide, this counselor, this Holy Spirit, this person of the Trinity is the one who brings peace. We find that out also in in Paul's letter to the Galatians in chapter 5. Peace is fruit of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Peace is evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. So how were things with the people in Colossae? Were they living in peace? Were they struggling? I don't know. (laughs) Did they have some rancor or strife or difficulties that they were working through? Probably. Don't we all? (laughs) What I do know is this, that what Paul is telling them as part of the body of Christ, he is telling us all as the body of Christ that we are called to live in peace. We are called to let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body, you were called to peace. So what do we do? Well, we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts as opposed to allowing the lack of peace in our circumstances rule us. What does Paul say next? He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Did you hear it? (laughs) The three-word sentence? And be thankful. And yes, it is written that way. In the NIV, in the ESV, it's, it's one sentence, and, capital A, and, be, thankful, period. And, and what? What does he mean, and? While you are experiencing God's peace, do that and be thankful. While you are clinging to God and trusting in him, do that, trust in him, and be thankful. Be thankful that we can. Be thankful that he is trustworthy. Be thankful that he is the giver of peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, one of my favorite verses, says, May the Lord of peace give you peace at all times and in every way. So while we are experiencing God's peace, we can be thankful. While we are clinging to him and trusting in him, while we are doing that, we are to do that and be thankful. A number of weeks ago, I recorded a podcast entitled In the Midst. I shared with you just three things that were going on in the midst at that point. Many of you have been joining with our family as we prayed for baby Soren, Tim and Tamara's sweet two-week-old son, who was fighting a battle with RSV. We were praying that he would be able to get out of the NICU and to be able to breathe on his own and to not need his tubes and his medicine. I am so grateful to tell you that just this morning, I had coffee with Tamara and this sweet little baby whose 16-day stint in the hospital is over. I shared also in that podcast that we were in the process of trying to find a place for my parents. We're trying to find a place for them to transition to a place where they would feel honored and loved and be able to have all of their needs met. I am so grateful to tell you that exactly a week ago, November 12th, I'm recording this on the 19th, exactly a week ago from today, my parents were settled into their new space. 
that my mom called a cozy place. My dad said it felt like home after just one evening there. I shared also when I was recording the podcast In the Midst about my daughter's friend, Nicole, who is battling brain cancer, this dear woman who I've grown to love as well. After six and a half weeks of radiation and chemotherapy, she reported on Instagram that her latest scan showed the tumor had shrunk from the size of a baseball down to a fingernail. How do we feel about all of these updates? How do we feel as we pray and as we wait? We can pray, we can trust, and be thankful. We can leave some in the hands of the Lord and be thankful. We can ask God to give us wisdom and be thankful. In the midst of the praying and the waiting and the wondering and the hoping and the trusting and the waiting and the praying and the wondering and the hoping and the trusting and the waiting and the wondering and the hoping and the trusting and the waiting and the wondering and the hoping and the trusting. You see what I'm doing here? In the midst of this cycle of the waiting and the praying and the wondering and the hoping and the trusting, I can wonder and hope and be thankful. I can trust and pray and be thankful. I can experience peace and be thankful. So, and. Now let's look at the word be. Be. It's active. Listen to the definitions of this word be. To exist in. To occupy a specific position. To remain in a certain state undisturbed. Do you love those as much as I do? Oh my goodness. Listen to these definitions again with the idea of and be thankful in the forefront of your mind. And exist in thankfulness and occupy the specific position of thankfulness. And my personal favorite, (laughs) and remain undisturbed in the certain state of thankfulness and be thankful. A place where we can remain undisturbed. Our soul is settled. Our spirit is gentle and quiet as we wait on the Lord. This is a command. It's for our good. It's a command that helps us agree with the Apostle John who wrote in 1 John 5, 3 that we love God by keeping his commands and his commands are not burdensome. It is not burdensome to be thankful. Let's look more closely now at the word thankful. Thankful, mindful of favors, grateful. Who is grateful? Who's mindful of favors? What does it mean to be mindful of favors? To be aware of. To be aware of what God has done for us. As we keep that in the forefront of our mind, we can be thankful. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Be thankful. God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Be thankful. God will give us what we need when we need it. Be thankful. God's grace is sufficient in our weakness. His compassions never fail. We are mindful of God's favors and thankful. I saw a study floating around the internet this past week on thankfulness. The title of the study was this, Neuroscience Reveals Gratitude Literally Rewires Your Brain to Be Happier. 
There was a study conducted by a pair of psychologists from the University of California, Davis, and the University of Miami in 2015 that looked at the physical outcomes of gratitude. I'm not going to go into the whole study, but they did things like they had a third of a group keep a gratitude journal, a third of a group kept track of (laughs) irritations, which I just think is kind of funny, and then another group, it must have been a third, there's three things, a third kept, sorry, I'm so like, okay, a third kept a gratitude journal, a third kept track of irritations, and a third just basically diaried their events without like negative or positive attachment to their list. They did this for 10 weeks. And in the end, in the end, when it was all over, the groups were studied. They checked their mental health to see how did this affect their mental health. Here's what they said. The gratitude group reported feeling more optimistic and positive about their lives than the other groups. In addition, the gratitude group was more physically active and reported fewer visits to a doctor than those who wrote only about their negative experiences, which leads us to what about their physical health? There was more research done into the physical effects of the gratitude report with even more tangible results. Focusing on the positive and feeling grateful improved sweet sleep quality and reduces feelings of anxiety and depression. It correlates to better moods and less fatigue and less inflammation and reduces the risk of heart failure, even to those who are susceptible. So we see there's this physical reaction to being grateful, to being thankful. A neurological experiment was also done by a group of researchers at UCLA on gratitude as well. They used MRI to measure brain activity as people were feeling grateful for things that they would mention or gifts that they would give as well. The areas of the brain that would show increased activity were, and if anyone cares, I'm going to read them to you. They were the anterior cingulate cortex and the medial prefrontal cortex. I have a feeling somebody's right going, oh, right now. But for those of us who are not going, oh, right now, I'm letting you know, these are areas of the brain that are associated with moral and social cognition. It's empathy, value judgments, those sorts of things. This emotion of gratitude then supported a positive and a support and a supportive attitude towards others, not just themselves. Gratitude was activating the hypothalamus as well with downstream effects on, listen, metabolism, stress, and various behaviors. They found all these kind of positive effects as people were experiencing gratitude and thankfulness. There was all kinds of other stuff too. We're just not going to get into this. Now you might be asking, what's your deal? Who's telling us to be thankful here? (laughs) Are you reading from the Bible? Are you reading about Paul? Is it God or is it now neuroscientists? It's both. (laughs) I contend that neuroscientists are discovering why God told us such a thing. As you go through life, as I go through life, there is benefit when we are grateful. And also it pleases God for he is the giver of all good gifts. It tells us this. Scripture tells us this in James 1.17, that every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above. And so as we recognize a gift that has been given to us, as we identify the favors that are bestowed upon us, as we go through life, as we give glory to God and are thankful, as we walk through life and experience this thankfulness, it is not just benefit to us, but it pleases God. I want to read from Psalm 103. 
which is a great reminder for all of us. It says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers we're dust. As for man, our days are like grass. We flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place is remembered no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. We have a gift. This week, of course, we are focused on Thanksgiving, but we have a gift to be able to do this every day as we live through life and be thankful. Would you remember with me this three-word sentence in the midst of all that is going on, both good and challenging? And be thankful, for we have much to be grateful for. Thank you, God, for your love for us, for your mercies that are new, for your faithfulness, which is true. And Lord, as we stop and are thankful, let us be thankful too. Let us be thankful to you, our God, the giver of all good gifts. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 